Cuphead and all hope, listeners. You're listening to Radio Grognard, the OSR podcast about stuff, with your host, Glenn Hallstrom. Hi, folks. Old Man Grognard back again. Had a good Thursday game last night, playing in Mythgarther, which is Matt Evans' version of 5e for his own world of Mythgarther. Works pretty well. It's a stripped-down version, and we like it. Very Germanic Norse area with a huge dollop of Warhammer fantasy roleplay. We managed to finish exploring a temple where we needed to get some healing elixir for the town. We finished that, and now we are off on something else, getting ready to be bushwhacked, or rather we already got bushwhacked by a bunch of goblins and orcs traveling from one place to another. That was fun. I realized how ineffective my fighter character is because he, in Matt's world, you start at level zero with a profession. You don't even have a class. You have a race, but no class. <laughs> when you get a class, sometimes characters have no class, but I, my picked, he has a list for his worlds, and I picked Con Man for some reason. And it's an easy XP win to first level. 500 experience points get you first level. And by that time, once you hit first level, you get to pick your class. I decided fighter for some reason. I figured I could be one of those guys who talks more than fight and maybe few, I don't know, underheaded things or flashy things, you know, to, to befit my con man nature. I thought of him, I named him Heinrich Lamette, which is basically a nod to Orson Welles' Harry Lime. So you kind of get where I'm going here. Because I have such, I have like, I have an 11 strength. So I can't really use muscle-powered weapons. I'm more of a foil and rapier guy, but I ended up with a battle axe and a long sword anyway. So I got to fix that. I spent most of my battle, I got about 20 darts. I spent most of my battle throwing darts from the back. And I've gotten pretty good at it too. But still, D4 plus, it's a D4 plus two, and I've got a plus four to hit. But still, you know, I don't feel like much of a fighter. I So I'm kind of like, re, I'm rethinking the whole character. I want him to be more of a, more of a hairy lime where he uses his brains more than his brawn to get out of situations. Somewhere between there and Brett Maverick. Avoiding, not really being cowardly, but avoiding battles he doesn't have to deal with or not win. I mean, we've got all these other characters, and it's not like I'm not trying to pull my weight. I mean, if I was totally cowardly, I would just go in the back and curl up in a corner and wait till they're done. But no, I try to contribute whatever I can. I've had battles where I've done stuff like throwing marbles and things like that. And I also, as part of my part of my equipment during my profession, I got 10 bottles of Wundercure, which is some kind of patent medicine I was hawking at one time. And Matt, the DM, determined that every time somebody drinks something or I use, I use it on a monster once, 
I get to roll on a random chart to see what happens because this stuff is snake oil of the first variety and you don't exactly know what's in it or what it does. And I sure as hell ain't going to drink it. So it gets kind of interesting. It's an interesting game. It really is. It's a good group. I enjoy myself, believe it or not. Anyway, it got me to thinking since I just finished North Texas RPG Con, it may be a year away and I'm already thinking about my next game I want to run there. And I'm thinking of giving Gangbusters a rest. I may take a scenario just for like a one-off in case, you know, something to do when nothing else. Hey, you guys want me to run a game or you want me to whatever. And I'll just happen to have a scenario in my back pocket and I can run it. But I'm not, I don't think I'm going to concentrate on gangbusters this time. So I'm kind of casting around for ideas for some game system. I don't know, D&D or something like that. It's probably Swords and Wizardry. It might even be Labyrinth Lord. I don't know. But for some reason, I thought about Mutant Future. I have not ran Mutant Future in a long time. And it's an easy system to run because it is basically the Labyrinth Lord system for post-apocalyptic or the BX system for post-apocalyptic. The only problem with things like post-apocalyptic from Mutant Future to Gamble World to Mutant Epoch to whatever is keeping track of the mutations because everybody seems to want mutations. So you got to kind of keep track of that. I've had scenarios derailed before because they have mutant powers that I either I didn't I forgot about or it didn't take them into account and it doesn't my, my scenarios don't get derailed they just sort of get like detoured because I'm always able to think on my feet and compensate for it so far cross my fingers but I'm thinking of using some a couple of old scenarios, two, three old scenarios from Tim Snyder, who writes a blog called The Savage Afterworld, which is about mutant future, well, mutant future, crypt world, and something else. I can't remember what it was. There's another there's another game system in the mix there. But he likes the pace setter stuff. He likes whatever Dan Proctor and Goblinoid is doing. But it's mostly that he hasn't written on Mutant Future in quite a while. He seems to be concentrating on Crypt World lately, which is not a bad system. I mean, it's it's Pace Sitter's Chill rewritten. That's all it is. Because the when when Goblin already got the Pace Sitter license, they couldn't get the license for Chill. Somebody else got that. Or Star Ace, their science fiction thing. But they're they're doing Time Master and such like that. And it's a good system. But Mutant Future, I think, might be a good fit for me next year. And Tim Snyder's come up with some really good things I ran with my group. And what I like about his stuff is he, he hands me a premise as a something, a hook to hook the stories on. That's what I'm looking for. I mean, my 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 cattle drive idea was basically a premise to hook stories on because it was very episodic because of what they're doing. Now, his premise is the player characters are actually working for somebody, this big mutated bear called Barter John, who talks, who lives there. I think they're so they're like in the Midwest, upper Midwest. He runs a trading post out of an old military bunker 
on a crossroads, and he's all about the money. I was playing with John Goodman from Big Lebowski, and that's a lot of fun. And the scenarios he comes up with is just like, okay, you're you're his you're his acquisitions crew. He gets wind of stuff out there, and he sends you to go get it. And that's pretty much the premise right there. You can put anything. You can add that to anything. The first one he did, he did a series of three, and then he called them "Gimme Shelter" one, two, and three, because the first one was about an old fallout shelter where we had to go get some glowing rods or some some such like that. And we're always running into problems. The second one was interesting because we had to go to Mount Rushmore. Mount Rushmore, which had two of the president's faces already blasted off. Now, we weren't looking for... We weren't trying to heist Mount Rushmore itself. We were trying to heist the... In the former visitor center, they had a scale model of Mount Rushmore, which for some reason was very valuable and Barter John wanted us to come to bring it back. I think it was for a client or something. Unfortunately, these like rock men who they were they're a group of rock men decided that Mount Rushmore is a totem and a place of worship. And while we didn't mess with the monument itself uh, we were taking things out of their holy place, and they didn't like it. So that was the second one. The third one was about a capsule, a, a I don't know if it was an astronaut's capsule or a satellite that fell to Earth, and we had to go get see if we can bring We had to take the big truck and see if we can go get it and bring it back. Now, also, I lo- what I like about these things is, as far as random, you could do the random encounter thing just like D and D. You know, you, you could. There's all sorts of beasties out there that you can run into. But what I like to do is pull something else out and maybe have a little side adventure sometimes. Now, I'm keen to use the third one, the one about the fallen, the fallen satellite, because I changed that up. He has them going into the Dakotas to get it. I change it up to Louisiana. And it fell in the swamp because I've got a few characters in there that I like to use. And I like the pr- the premise of it better using the swamp thing. I've got these. Uh, first of all, Trader John sends us down to a colleague of his called Cracker Jim, who is a big mutated gator, alligator with, with, a, with a Creole, with, with a Cajun accent. And he sends us down there to find this thing, help him to find this thing, and basically Cracker Jim and Trader Barter John are going to split the profits of whatever they can salvage. And so I got to go down there, and there's these scientists that are trying to stop, these evil scientists that are trying to, to stop any mutants from coming in the area because... They woke up from cryosleep after umpteen hundreds of years and found this and decided the mutants were an abomination to science. So they try and stop them wherever they can. They have these creatures called pumpkin heads they send out to go get them. I also have a couple of NPCs called the Mud Brothers who have a big old they're basically mutant versions of the Dukes of Hazard, including their they they even have a version of the General Lee that they run around in. That they these two guys kind of work for Cracker Jim sometimes when they're not, you know, 
they're not brewing stills and things like that, which the scientists also don't like. So you got kind of revenuers in there and they help us out. And we've got atomic cows around there. We got these pumpkins head. You have to deal with that, 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 et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And so I think that would make a really fun premise for a convention game. I don't mind. And also uh, Tim Snyder put out this book called one year in the savage afterworld, which is 52 plot hooks, kind of one page, one and a half page, mini adventures for, for mutant future. And I've used that before, and I can always take a couple of those things out for like a side adventure or something like that. I like to do stuff like this. It's not that I can't come up with something stuff on my own. I have. But one thing, I talked to, to James Spawn, and he said one of the, the thing I like about, he says, I think I like about you doing adventures is you have this way of arc welding different things together to make them work. And I found that I'm I, thanks. I I just like to I like to work like that. You know, I, t- I like to take one from column A, two from column B and just put them together and work them together and maybe put a few of my own things in there. He was you know, he he was he was surprising castles and crusades. I went from the Caves of Chaos to the Isle of Dread to well, actually, it was was it Caves of Chaos, the Isle of Dread, to a the scenario I did at the convention. Old McDougal had some orcs to Bluffside, dealing with the theater in there, and I, I he was just like, "Wow, you just like make this make this work." And I said, "Well, you know, <laughs> I when I, as a DM I subscribe as a GM I subscribe to the bigger hammer theory." If you can't make it work, if it won't work for you, get a bigger hammer and everything is a nail then. So that's that's what I do. And I think that may work out. If you guys got any ideas, like what do you what do you do for convention games? What if you're if you go to conventions, how do you get your ideas for convention games and what do you run? That'd be a good topic of discussion for, for you guys. If you sent me a like a uh, send me a voicemail on Anchor or just send me an email at oldmangrognard at gmail.com. I'll read it here. We'll, uh, we'll discuss it some more. So that that's pretty much what I got this morning. I'm looking forward to hearing about this because this, this, is, where the, this is where the creative process starts. So until next time, keep the dice warm, and I will see you. Bye-bye. Questions? Comments? Send them to oldmangrognard at gmail.com. We'll see you next time when Radio Grognard is on the air. Mm-hmm.